Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Beautiful evening in the presence of God, and I'm hoping this word will help some people here tonight and maybe open all of our eyes just a little bit more. Jedediah and the love of God. 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 24 to 25. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him, and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. So he called his name Jedediah, meaning beloved of the Lord, because of the Lord. Let's just take this in once more tonight. David comforted Bathsheba, went in to her and lay with her. So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon, meaning peaceable. Now the Lord loved him, and he sent word. God sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. He said, I want this son called Jedediah, means beloved of the Lord, because the Lord loved him. Solomon, peaceable, but God said, I've got another name for this child. I want him called Jedediah, beloved of the Lord. God says, I love this child. This child, Solomon or Jedediah, the son of David and Bathsheba. I don't know if many of us would have given the kid much of a chance, knowing what his parents had done. Everybody knows the story of David and Bathsheba. The sin, the lies, the adultery, the cover-up, the hurt and the pain. By that act, such reproach and heartache came upon not only the royal family, but the kingdom of Israel, and the name of the Lord was reproached. Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, Uriah the Hittite, Uriah was one of David's most trusted and valiant men. He was part of a company known as the 30. The 30. They were the elite troops. Only proven men got into that company, and it was called the 30 because there were approximately 30 men that would be able to be part of that elite group, sometimes more, sometimes less. These were the most valiant, the most faithful, the most loyal soldiers that any man could have. Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. The Bible says that it was a time of the year when kings were to go to war. Kings were out to battle, but David tarried at Jerusalem. He lingered at Jerusalem. He should have been in warfare. He should have had his armor on. He should have been alert. But he was taking his ease in Zion. David, nearing 50 years of age. Be careful when you're 50. Be careful when you're 40. As a matter of fact, be careful when you're 30. Be careful when you're 20. Be careful when you're 15. Be careful when you're 12. David was walking on the roof of his palace one evening and looked down the slopes of Zion's hill and saw a woman bathing. And an evil came into his heart. 
he sent messengers, find out who that lady is. And the report came back, that's the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Now that should have stopped David, but no, such a purpose and wickedness in his heart at that moment. He sent messengers, he said, call Bathsheba. And she came to him and he lay with her. And a few nervous weeks went by. And all of a sudden, one day, a note was passed to David at the palace door. I'm with child. And quickly, David called for Uriah the Hittite from the battlefield across the Jordan in Ammon. Called for Uriah. He wanted to pin the child on Uriah. Get this man to sleep with his wife. Uriah came from the battlefield, and David greeted him in a friendly manner. How's the battle? How's Joab the captain? And how's the war prospering? He said, Uriah, take your pleasure tonight. Go down to your house. David sent a tray of food after him. But Uriah, the Bible says, would not even go to his house. He would not sleep with his wife. He said, how can I sleep with my wife and go up to my house when Joab and the fighting men are out, camped out in the open fields under the threat of death, I cannot do it. That's how principled he was. The next evening, David kept passing him the wine and the drinks. How can you refuse the king until Uriah was drunken? But even then, he had enough presence of mind. David said, go to your house. Go to be with your wife. Enjoy the evening. Uriah slept on the cot outside the palace once again. And the next morning, David wrote a message, sealed it, gave it to Uriah. Uriah carried his own death sentence. Send, take this message to Joab. And the word was, Joab, when Uriah comes back, set Uriah in the hottest part of the battle. Set him against the part of the city wall where you know the most valiant soldiers are. And when he's close to the wall, pull the other soldiers back on him. And Uriah was slain. And Bathsheba went to the palace to be with David. And soon everybody knew they were having a baby. The news was out. Uriah's family in mourning, friends and acquaintances outraged in anger and disbelief, scandal beyond words. David, a man after God's own heart, who had not disobeyed the Lord throughout his whole life, was careless, and he was taken out by temptation, taken down by temptation. The Bible says, the Lord said to him, because of the reproach that you've brought on the name of the Lord, this child will die. And the child died. But now, a year or so later, another son is born. Solomon. Call him peaceable. Nathan the prophet came along, renowned in the nation. Call this child Jedediah. This child is beloved of the Lord. The Lord loves this child. I'm not so sure I would have, at least immediately. The memory, the injury, the injustice that took place. For a lot of people, I don't think it was that easy to accept the birth of this child, and this child so loved by God, and hard to accept the good fortunes 
that all of a sudden fell on David and Bathsheba. I marvel at first, Second Samuel 12, 24. That child Solomon, the Lord loved him. And the Lord said, I want him called Jedediah. He's beloved of the Lord. Point number one tonight, no matter what parents have done, God loves the child. No matter the injury, the damage done by parents, the mistakes they've made, the hurt that they've brought into a family, God loves the child. Jesus said, bring the children to me. Let me lay my hands on them. I want to bless them. I want to speak words of the love of God over them. I want to encourage the children. Every child is precious. Jesus said, I want to put a fire in them so they can burn for the glory of God. Every child is precious. Every child is a gift from God. Is there anyone here tonight struggling with inferiority? Stigma of the past, some stain on your family, some stain on your life, and the enemy taunt is there. You don't feel it all the time, but when you're down and vulnerable, it's there. A child that, of a marriage that never was, or a child of a marriage that shouldn't have been, like David, and the enemy is there. Push back on that enemy. Push back on those lies. Because if you will receive it tonight, your name is Jedediah. You are beloved of God if you will receive it. No matter what your parents did, no matter what happened in the background, no matter the injustice, no matter the hurt, no matter the shame and reproach that the family name may carry, God loves you. God loves the child. Maybe things happen beyond your control, before your time. And now you're under the weight and the guilt of that. And again, the enemy would come and try to push into your life and hold you back. Second rate, won't amount to much. Lack of self-worth, stigma that comes upon a life, that heaviness, that spirit that can come upon us because of our background, because of our environment, because of things that are in the family history. And the enemy would bring a charge against us, but God says, I have no charge against you. And the call on our lives is that we would begin to serve the Lord with all our heart and let God lead us and prosper us and let God lead our children. And no matter the mistakes in our family, no matter the mistakes by parents, that the children would be blessed of God and understand their freedom that has come in the love of God. Call him Jedediah, Solomon. Call him Jedediah. He's beloved of the Lord. Let's not live in the shadow of other people's failures. Let's not live in the shadow of other people's failures. But let's allow the light of the Word of God, like this Word tonight, to begin to shine on those shadows and break and shatter the darkness so we can walk forth in the fulfillment of God and walk forth properly and righteously. You think of Solomon. There were a lot of people that didn't have too much good to say about him. They were kind of neutral. And there are people in our lives governed by the flesh. 
that are small with their praise. They want to put us down because of who we are, whose we are, where we're from. Some of them will carry it their whole life. They'll never cheer us on. They'll kind of be there, as I said, small with their praise. But let God be true and every man a liar. Because there is somebody cheering us on. The true people of God will always cheer us on, and the Holy Spirit will cheer us on. And so we have good company with us. Let's go on with God. Let's not allow other people to put us down and hold us back and keep us from the great purpose of God, no matter what has happened in our family or in our line. You know, Solomon went on to do great things and to be mightily used of God. He didn't allow the stigma. He didn't allow the reproach. He didn't allow the injustice and the failure of his parents in time past and how that news would still simmer along in Israel for decades and generations. He walked on in the power of God. No matter what the parents have done, God loves the child. Hallelujah. Number two, no matter what parents have done, God has a plan for your life. No matter the family history, God has a plan for your life. We sing the song, he's got a plan for my life, hallelujah. He's got a holy design, hallelujah. Even before time began, all the days of my existence were planned. And so we surrender and do his will. This is critical in our lives that we surrender and do his will, that we deal with reputation in our family, that we deal with mistake, that we deal with shame and guilt. Otherwise, the enemy will hinder us and disinherit us all the days of our life. No matter what parents have done, God has a plan for your life. Do you know that, yes, you do, God gives every child a brand new start. This is a wonder. This is a mystery. This is a gift from God. No matter what has happened in a family, no matter what has happened in the family line, no matter the stigma, no matter the reputation, no matter the carryover, God gives every child a brand new start. I've watched it time and time again. It's not but a few years. Nobody can hold a child back. Nobody can hold a child down too long because that child begins to grow, and it's not many years, and all of a sudden that child is able to create life on their own. Twelve, fourteen, 16 years of age, my it comes so quickly out of childhood, the child barely has time to develop, and all of a sudden God has a gift for them. You can create life on your own now, and so they can get a part-time job, and they can start earning a little money, and they can better themselves, and they can educate themselves, and they can open up to an opportunity and a vocation and a calling, and they can carry vision and create a new world. What a gift of God. And in a few years, they can leave everything behind that maybe has broken down their life and hurt them and injured them. And God says, you've got a brand new life. I give you 
an opportunity to create a life on your own filled with wisdom and goodness and enjoyment and success and fulfillment for you. That is a gift of God. Don't squander it. Don't squander it. Let's not deal lightly with it. Let's not make the same old mistakes that our parents made or people before us. Let's not fall into the same old sins. Let's not fall into the same temptations and enemy lies. Let's not become careless. Let's not get smart on our own. Because on our own, we are not that smart at all. And the enemy of our souls can outsmart us every time. And if we get smart on our own, we will walk down the same path of regret and emptiness and loss. We choose the way of the wise or the way of the fool. And greatest of all, in Jesus Christ, we get a brand new start. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The cross severs us from the old world, from the old life, from the sin, the bondage, the darkness, and we have a brand new life. Now we have to work it out. Walk with God. Serve God. Make a wonder of our life. Make a blessing of our life. Bring a harvest forth in our life that we will be satisfied from all the days of our life. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And so we walk on in the power of God. Psalm 139, 13 to 16. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, the colors that you wear woven into your life. Lord, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. In your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me. God has a book, and it has the pages of all the days of our life. And now let's fill that book with testimonies. Let's fill those pages with blessing. Let's fill those pages with powerful prayers and good works and kingdom advancement and family life and fruit of the Spirit and let God build in us every day. You know, I think of it, that's a, a lot of pages depending how long you live, but it's like maybe it's volumes. You know, 2001, here's your volume, 365 pages. I better get to work every day. Pray some powerful prayers. Bless my family. Bless the church. Do good. Give finances. Encourage the kingdom. Day two, day three, 365 days. Live for God. Every day with purpose. 
From the rising of the sun to the going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. Let's fill the book. He's given it to us. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. We're skillfully wrought. We have colors in us. We have gifting. We have glory. We have design by God. Let's write the book and let's write it well. 2002, 365 pages. 2003, 2004, 2022. We're filling the pages. We're filling the pages of the book of the Lord, the volumes he's given to our lives. We're loved of God. Jedediah, loved of God. Let's make our choice proper. Let's keep this in our mind. Let's deal with the darkness. Let's deal with the past. Let's deal with the memories. Let's deal with the hurts. Shine some light on them and say, Satan, no more. I drive you back and I drive you out. You're not going to torment me. You're not going to badger me. You're not going to hold me down because I think of things that have happened in the past. My family, my history, a mistake, a child unwanted, a child abandoned. It doesn't matter to God. He loves every child perfectly and fully, and he has a plan for their life, and that includes every child of God in this place, no matter what age you are. Let's rise up and serve the Lord with all our heart. Make the choice for God. Deuteronomy 30. 14 to 16, but the word is very near you. The book is very near you. The promises of God are very near you. Get them into your heart. Know how loved you are by God. Know that the God has no charge against you. You're forgiven and clean and set free to serve the Lord. And your family is set by God to prosper and will live in a land flowing with milk and honey, the inheritance and the kingdom of God. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. Yeah, he's ascended. As we heard this morning, and now we can cling to him. He's paid for our sins. He's given us an inheritance with the Father, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Proverbs 3, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart Keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Because the neck can be stubborn. Bind them around your neck to deal with a stiff neck, 
or resistance, write them on the tablet of your heart and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Hallelujah. Proverbs 8, 32. Now therefore, listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whosoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. Let's have the worship team come. Blessed is the man who listens to me, that is to the word of God, watching daily at my gates, watching daily. Get in the word and stay in the word. Stay in the word every day. Take the promises of God. Times of struggle, times of circumstance, you know what scriptures to go to. Those that will help you in time of need and shore you up in your faith and your call of God and the life of the Lord. Stay in the word, watching daily. And then I close with Psalm 143.10. This prayer for us tonight. Prayer, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Well, tonight, let's look into our hearts, see if there's any waywardness in us, any temptation that's building in our heart. Perhaps you're here tonight and you need to hear the word, Jedediah, you're beloved of the Lord. Let's spurn the inferiority. Let's spurn the heaviness. Let's spurn the mistakes and the injury of the past. Things that would try and cloud and keep us from the full purpose of God. But to know today that we are loved by God and that God has a plan for our life. And like Solomon, we can prosper and grow and be strengthened and do the will of God and fulfill our walk in the earth. Let's write in the pages of the book every day a blank page. We get up and we begin to praise the Lord. We begin to pray for our family and for the world. We look for opportunity to share the goodness of God. We labor diligently for the hand of the diligent shall be made rich. 
The provision of the Lord will come. We're faithful. We're people of integrity and strength. We walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We live in joy. We magnify the Lord. We intercede. We pray for people. We seek with all our heart to establish the kingdom. Another day filled. Another day filled with purpose, with life. I accomplished the will of God today. And on it goes. And on it goes. Hallelujah. Cut a line from the past tonight. The memory and the hardship, the injustice and the pain, cut it through by the sword of the Spirit. Say, I, my name is Jedediah. I'm beloved of God, and I'm going to walk out my life as a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Our God reigns.